0: Welcome back in our number two of the program here on Thursday. In the next hour, we will be joined by District Attorney Thomas Quinn and Brian Rose of the DA's office. We'll be talking with him about the Bristol County Celebration of Seniors happening next Friday, June 16th, and it will be happening from 9 to noon at Whites of Westport. We'll have all those details for you with Brian and the DA later on, Uh, but also a reminder too that this friday night is the united way of greater new bedford's camp united bash and you can read all the details about that at wbsm.com and on the app and there's a link there to be able to buy tickets even though there's going to be some inclement weather there's going to be some uh potential for rain i think the sh- i think the showers will hold off right but they do have an indoor area, so it's they're okay if there are some showers. But they're going to build a big fire on the beach and have all kinds of camp cookout food. They're going to have all kinds of camp games. Everything that you could want from a camping experience without having to sleep out on the ground. And, again, you can read all the details at WBSM.com or on the app, and there's a link there to get tickets. Their auction is also live already, so you don't even have to attend to bid. If you go into the story, there's a link there to the auction, and you can check out some of the great items that they have. And all of this, of course, raises money to help the United Way of Greater New Bedford with all the programs that they put on and all the help that they give people over the course of the year. This is re- this is replacing the, the clam bake that they put on for almost 30 years, uh, designed to be just a, a little bit of a different take on bringing everybody together and having a good time for a good cause. So, again, you can read all about that. On the website, on the app. Uh, And speaking of the app, I got an app chat message from William in New Bedford who says, Tim, what's up with the aliens? I guess we're getting word soon, according to Taylor's guest yesterday on Howie. Yes, uh, Taylor interviewed Stephen Bassett of the Paradigm Research Group. And I just want to warn you, William, give you a little bit of a a caveat to that. We've had Stephen many times on Spooky South Coast over, over the last 17 years, and he tends to always say that disclosure is coming soon. You know, he was telling us that in 2007, 2008. And I guess in the grand scheme of things, that still qualifies as soon. When you consider this cover-up has been going on since at least 1947 with the Kenneth Arnold sightings and the Roswell crash. And Steve actually directly mentioned the Roswell crash to Taylor yesterday because... What this whistleblower is talking about ties into that. It's very reminiscent of that. And the crash anniversary is coming up uh the beginning of next month. And every year they put something on in Roswell. Our Matt Moniz from Spooky South Coast will be down in Roswell for that. And he'll, you know, have some reports for us from Roswell, but it's kind of more of a of a festival atmosphere than it is, you know, a symposium on what happened there. But they do have different talks and discussions. But so this whistleblower who is a decorated Air Force veteran, his name is David Charles Grush. He gave an interview to News Nation and said that, quote, they are retrieving non-human origin technical vehicles, call it spacecraft, if you will, non-human exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. And he says, well, naturally, when you recover something that's either landed or crashed, sometimes you encounter dead pilots. And believe it or not, as fantastical as it sounds, it's true. So this is what he said. He said he claims that for many decades, the the government has been retrieving crashed UFOs and reverse engineering their technology. Now... A spokesperson for the Department of Defense, and in this particular story, uh, this this is on Fox News. Susan Goff, a spokesperson for the Department of Defense, told Fox News Digital in an email on Tuesday that there was quote no verifiable information to substantiate the claims. So they say, you know, we're looking into this. We're looking into these anomalous reports, but that there's no claims of us recovering dead bodies or live bodies, or reverse engineering the technology. So let me tell you a little bit of the background about this if, if you're not aware. And if you don't care, it's okay. We're not going to talk about it for the entire morning. But as Taylor said yesterday, it's, it's, it's news. This used to be something that was relegated to we would just talk about it on Spooky South Coast. But now it's news. All of the cable networks are covering this story. Uh, Tucker Carlson debuted on Twitter with his new Twitter show and talked about it. You know he's been very invested in the UFO question. The story goes that in 1947, when the Roswell crash happened, they recovered two bodies from the wreckage. Now the wreckage of that craft was later dismissed as being a weather balloon. This comes after there was a newspaper report about there being crash wreckage of a spacecraft. There was damage control that was done. And I've done numerous shows, you know, both on my internet show and on Spooky South Coast talking about the details of the Roswell crash. So I've talked to a lot of people who have researched it and experts in it, and they've talked about you know how that how that disinformation campaign began. but that's basically what they say is that at first the truth started to get out there, and then they put a kibosh on that and started this disinformation campaign and the ridiculous explanation that it was just a crashed weather balloon but supposedly they recovered two. Beings In that craft One was dead One died in the crash The other was still alive And if you believe the stories That they tell The one that was still alive Was kept in a secret Section Of the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base In Ohio Area 51 Is supposedly where they kept The, the, the crashed vehicle but the being itself went to Wright Patterson, and I've interviewed people that have worked at Wright Patterson, who said that there was definitely something going on, one person who told me that they saw it. So that's the story that's been out there for a number of years. that has been denied. But if this guy, Grush, is correct, if he's telling the truth, he's basically verifying what for, you know, 70 years, has been denied. So, how much has been withheld from the people? To what purpose? Under whose direction? And will we find out the truth? Or is this a dog and pony show to make it look like they're trying to reveal the truth? 508 996 0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM.
2: Yeah. Good morning, Tim. How are
0: you?
2: I'm oh, doing all right. And then I bring up another topic. I was watching C-SPAN 2 on Tuesday a congressional hearing on Amtrak service and efficiency. hmm Now, uh, yeah, Representative Troy uh, Nails, a Republican from uh, Texas, and uh, Amtrak, according to him, he's done his research, uh, Amtrak, the passenger uh, rail uh, operator, uh, hasn't made a profit since 1971, and it... Uh, primarily relies, heavily relies, on federal subsidies to operate. Most of the expenses are administrative salaries and and bonuses. And uh, from Amtrak themselves put out a statement that they're going to be losing a billion dollars year over year. And now uh, they're asking for another $10 billion in uh, federal uh, grants. Uh, According to uh, one other member there, it's a historic amount of money that's going to be dished out to uh, to Amtrak. And the CEO of Amtrak, in uh, in front of the uh, Congressional Committee, uh, said they've seen a dramatic decline in business travel. And uh, there lacks adequate ridership to cover operating costs. So my concern is uh, about the commuter rail here. Is this going to happen here?
0: Well, there's a difference between... Uh, we're we're
2: going to have to flip the bill for a lack of ridership?
0: There's a difference between, you know, a 45-mile a, a difference in the people who are riding Amtrak. I mean, you're talking about people that are going from, you know, New York to Washington, D.C., Boston to New York, you know, people, people who are going bigger distances are probably happening less and less because why would somebody need to go that far when they can now telecommute with all the technology that we have? I think these shorter, shorter commuter trains like we would have here, I think that's not, it, it, I think it's kind of an apples and oranges comparison. Uh, and also there are certain protections in the contract. So because... New Bedford is part of a regional transit authority that it already pays into. It already pays yeah, in, it, it. already pays into that. So that means that they will not have to pay into the MBTA should the ridership numbers go down. Now if that if and that of contract ends, then they would be responsible if the ridership you is know down. No the
2: question Tim we need to ask is when was the last time that the MBTA has made a profit because I That is stunning that Amtrak hasn't made a profit since 1971. I'd like to know, when was the last time that uh, MBTA has made a a profit and has covered its costs just on uh, ridership? I think we need to know this, and as taxpayers, it's very essential that we know this. Because my question, you know what my concern, Tim, is, now if we, let's say, we don't reach that threshold of a minimum on the ridership How much money of the CERTA funds is going to be taken from there, diverted to the train, and then the people that rely on on the the bus uh, services, uh, how much is that going to be impacted or uh, cut? Uh, the the no, amount of uh, ridership. I don't I don't think it works I mean, that way. I don't,
0: the, the I don't think the MBTA can take the money that's that's dedicated to service. Uh, you'd
2: but be surprised. The, well, if you don't reach the minimum.
0: One of the issues that's going on too with with Amtrak is the the costs, and I'm sure the costs are because the ridership is down. They have to charge more, but you know I have to. I'm going out to uh, Gettysburg next month. And yeah. I was looking to take the train because I want to see that part of the country. I want to see what there is to see taking that rail line. So I looked up from Providence to, I think it's Harrisburg, you can take the Amtrak train into. And I looked into that and it was the the cost was exorbitant. It was over two hundred dollars to take that train ride. I was like, I'll just fly. I can get I can get thirty five dollar tickets or, or fifty dollar tickets on, on a on a sale. Even if I don't get a sale, it's still fifty bucks less to buy a ticket. A plane ticket. Like, why am I going to pay that money to ride Amtrak when it should be a cheaper option for flights?
2: Maybe it's cheaper for you to take a bus.
0: It could be, but I didn't, I didn't want to take a
2: you bus. You know, like Greyhound, maybe, and you can enjoy the scenery, you know? Yeah, no, I want I'm just. i I'm just putting it out there.
0: I love, I love trains, and, and that's kind of why I wanted to go through—I wanted to ride the, the, the rail itself. One of my goals in life at some point is I'm going to do a cross-country trek by train. So and that's just because I love trains and I love riding them, and I want to go over all those great big trestle bridges that are out there uh and I want to just see the way that people traveled you know the country back in the eighteen hundreds that's That's just my own personal like i I just love that well, but not not if it's going to cost me you know a thousand dollars to take that train ride
2: right, well, I would also discourage that too, because they also mentioned in that uh congressional hearing the conditions of the rails and bridges. And uh, some of them are over a hundred years old, and they're uh, mm-hmm. and die in need of repair or replacement. So, uh, I would uh, discourage you, Tim, from that. Well, I'm, you, I'm, you I'm... put your life
0: in uh, in peril. By the time I get out there and get to do it, they'll probably re- probably will have replaced a lot of those.
2: Uh, you probably be having your own, uh, you know, Jetson type of
0: flying car, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All right, Tim, have a good morning. You as well. Take care. 508-996-0500. Yeah, I'm not going to be doing that train ride anytime soon, but I thought it would be something that I would do like, you know, when I retire, not, I don't think that I ever will retire, but you know, when I'm at the point where I should take it easy, that's something that I think I would like to do just because I've always been obsessed with trains. Like I, you know, Edaville is one of my favorite places in the world and i I'm always looking for other local train rides when I go somewhere. And, you know, I'm not super knowledgeable about it all. I don't geek out about it. I just like the feeling of being on it. I like being around it. And I like the scenery. Even just taking, in in Wareham, they do the, the Polar Express at Christmas time, although I don't think they can call it that anymore. But they do this train ride where you leave from the downtown Wareham station, and you take the train ride down to Buzzards Bay and then you come back the same way. And during that oh here comes the rafter of turkeys. And then when you do that they tell you like some song, they tell you some Christmas stories, they sing, you know, goodies for the kids, Santa comes through, all that kind of stuff. But I was not concerned or wrapped up in any of that. I just love seeing an area that I'm so familiar with, but from the perspective of the rail you know, getting into some parts of the, the area that you normally can't get into. And then one of the homes, I've talked about this before, I lived right on the rail line. I lived right next to the tracks when I first moved to Wareham. Like I could walk outside my front door and spit on the tracks. That's how close I was. And so it was kind of cool to get to see from that perspective everything. And, you know, it just gives you a different view, gives you a different understanding, and certainly lets you know what it was like when people were traveling to this area when those tracks were used for that. 508-996-0500, got to take a break, back in a few. And we will take more of your phone calls at 508-996-0500 or hit us up on App Chat or send us open line voicemails on the app as well. Uh, We'll be going into the newsroom in just a moment, but before we do that... Just a reminder that Bay Coast Bank is proudly presenting the eighth annual South Coast Lemonade Day. It's happening on Saturday, June 24th, and there is still time to get registered. Just go to SouthCoastLemonadeDay.org, and your kids will be on their way to being small business owners and earning their own money. So when you go to that site, SouthCoastLemonadeDay.org, you can register your child's lemonade stand. And now what does that mean? Well, not only when you register, will you get a bunch of great materials to help you teach your kid about small business and how to operate a small business and some of the challenges and some of the the pitfalls that might happen. You get all of that information. You also get marketing materials and the registration puts you on our map. So that when we release that map and tell everybody prior to June 24th, here are all the lemonade stands that'll be operating on Saturday, June 24th. Then they can go out and they can visit all of the stands that they want to go to. So some people just, you know, hit a couple up locally. There are a lot of folks who get in the car and just drive around and go to every lemonade stand and donate to these young entrepreneurs. So that's why you want to register. You can set up a stand on June 24th If you don't register, but who's going to know that you're out there, right? That's why it's important to get on org and register your kids. You can also go to WBSM.com and just click at the top there where it says Lemonade Day, and that will bring you over to the page that will allow you to register. And we've already been hearing about some of our great stands that will be set up on June 24th and the organizations that they'll be working for and the individuals that they'll be raising money for. Some kids want to keep the money in their pockets. Some kids want to save the money. Some kids want to donate it to a great cause. And Lemonade Day South Coast is made possible by our main squeeze sponsor, Bay Coast Bank and also with support from JT Realty Insurance Group, Precise Incorporated and Somerset Country Wine and Spirits. All right. well now it is time to go into the newsroom with Kate Robinson.
3: Four children around three years old have been wounded, some critically, in a knife attack in a French mountain town earlier this morning. Another adult is also in critical condition. Officials say the attack took place just before 10 a.m. near the shore of a lake in the town of Annecy in the French Alps. Police have detained a suspect. Raging wildfires in Canada are driving intense smoke across the eastern U.S. Nearly 100 million people in more than a dozen states We're under air quality alerts on Wednesday. At one point, New York City was listed as having the worst air quality in the world. Meanwhile, many are waiting to see if a number of events will be impacted by the unhealthy air quality in the New York City area due to the smoke. Scott Pringle reports.
1: The Yankees game was canceled yesterday due to the poor air quality, smoky conditions, but today, so far, the Yankees are scheduled for a doubleheader in the Bronx with the first game starting at 4 o'clock. A representative for the Governor's Ball says they are monitoring the air quality situation, but for now, the music festival is still happening. and set to take place in Queens Friday through Sunday. Nassau County and racing officials say the Belmont Stakes scheduled for Saturday will go on as normal. Scott Pringle, NBC News Radio, New York.
3: Former Vice President Mike Pence went after his former boss in CNN Iowa Town Hall as he launches his 2024 bid. Pence told the audience former President Trump asked him to choose between him and the Constitution in his efforts to overturn the last election. He added he has, quote, no interest in pardoning rioters convicted in the January 6th attack. Former White House official Steve Bannon is being subpoenaed by a Washington, D.C. federal grand jury. The subpoena is in connection to an investigation into former President Trump's actions on January 6, 2021. The jury is looking into Trump's alleged efforts to interfere with a peaceful transfer of power after the 2020 presidential election. Several House conservatives went on a revolt and blocked party-line Republican measures. The blockade began Tuesday when 11 Republicans joined Democrats in voting against GOP bills and effectively blocked any Republican legislation from advancing to the floor. The move appeared to be in retaliation after House Speaker Kevin McCarthy worked with Democrats to suspend the debt ceiling. More charges are possible for the suspect in Richmond's high school graduation shooting. Richard Stelling has more.
1: The 19-year-old is due back in court in two weeks. Police say he opened fire Tuesday in a park across the street minutes after the ceremony ended, targeting an 18-year-old. That student and his stepfather were killed. Several more were injured in the panic and chaos. In the light of the tragedy, all schools in the district are closed today and tomorrow for what would have been the last day. The same applies for other graduations and events planned this week. I'm Richard Selling.
3: Lululemon CEO stands by the company's decision to fire employees who tried to stop a theft at a store in Georgia. Cell phone video shows two men grabbing merchandise from the front of the store and rushing out while an employee yells, get out. CEO Calvin McDonald emphasized the clothing retailer's zero tolerance policy to not engage with thieves. And a new clue that one person thinks could be linked to the Zodiac Killer has been found in the Sierra foothills. The clue was discovered from satellite images by an amateur sleuth who saw a 25-foot-wide rock formation that looked like a bullseye about 10 miles west of Tahoe. The Zodiac Killer used a similar bullseye pattern in the taunting letters he sent to police in the 1960s. In sports, the Red Sox lost to the Guardians in Cleveland yesterday 5-2. They'll play again in tonight's rubber match at 7-10. Now for your local forecast from ABC6. Well, we have another air quality alert in effect for our area today. And we're going
0: to be seeing another day of clouds and sun this morning with those increasing clouds in the afternoon and another chance of some afternoon showers. Today we'll reach a high of 67. Overnight tonight we get down to 48 degrees. And for tomorrow, we're going to repeat the same mid-60s and some more scattered showers in the forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSN.
3: Right now it is 56 degrees and cloudy. I'm Kate Robinson for WBSM News. Stay up to date with WBSM, New Bedford's news talk station, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app.
0: Welcome back in. Don't call it a comeback. I was actually right here the whole time Kate was doing the news. But 508-996-0500, if you want to call in and chime in or hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. And uh, we have a number of things that we can discuss, a number of stories that are going on this morning. You heard Kate mention, too, earlier in the news, the cell issues, cellular issues they're having on Cape Cod, particularly in the town of Mashpee And if you've been on the Cape And tried to use your cell phone You know that it can be hit or miss When I was Working for my dad A few years ago And I was driving all around The upper Cape in the middle of the night Making deliveries I would I tried to have My phone because I I like to listen to Music When I'm driving around you know, I, I I listen to talk radio a lot. I listen to WBSM a lot. But whereas I was up in the middle of the night, and that wasn't my usual schedule. You know, music having that blasting, singing along, that kind of kept me focused and kept me awake. So I would normally, when I listen to music, open up one of my streaming apps. I particularly like to use Amazon Music. I have a subscription, a monthly subscription to that through my Amazon account that gives me what they call the, you know, the HD, ultra HD quality. And I was using my dad's vehicle, which has a really good sound system in it. So, you know, I want to listen to my music and I usually go to like, to, to, I want to listen to a particular artist tonight. So I go to the artist page and it just plays you know, some of their best songs. Or I can go to the albums and I can have it just shuffle through, whatever I want to do. But I found that it kept buffering so much out there and I have the T-Mobile service. So it just kept buffering so much driving around that upper Cape area around the Mashpee area because I would go down to Hyannis, pick up the newspapers and then go into Sandwich and deliver them that I couldn't listen to my streaming music And I would just use my dad's XM radio account instead and listen listen to the XM channels, which then I you know found that the YouTube channel is going, so I just basically left that on all the time. And that was fine. There was no real dropouts with the Sirius XM service, but the cell service was a problem, and it still is. I go to a lot of things on the Cape when I'm out doing my lectures at Halloween time on the paranormal a lot of Cape libraries like to book me because I have a presentation where I talk about Cape Cod ghost stories. And I'll be out there trying to post like, okay, here we are at this library and we're coming up and I have issues. So to me, it goes beyond just these issues in Mashpee, but it seems like the folks in Mashpee are being particularly vocal about it because as you heard in the news report, sometimes they can't even make 911 calls which a phone is supposed to be able to call 911 as long as there's an active sim card or an active connection it does even if they turn your bill off from this is from my understanding i may be wrong but even if it, it, you know they turn you off because of your bill non payment you can't make a call you can't receive a text you can't send a text you can't send a call none of this stuff it's still supposed to be able to contact 911 at least that's how it used to be. I don't know if that's still the case. And these folks who are paying their bill and have active, subscri- have active accounts can't even do that. And as people are replacing their home phones with their cell phones, that's, that's going to be a problem. Because how else are you going to make a call in, a, in an emergency? When my son was young, we kept the landline for that very reason. It wasn't until he was about 9, 10 years old that we felt safe enough to say, all right, we can cut the landline because obviously, you know, our cell phones work enough that we can make a 911 call. But where we lived, our particular neighborhood, the T-Mobile service was kind of spotty. So for us, we didn't want to take the risk that we wouldn't be able to make an emergency call if something happened. And so we, we kept the landline for that very reason. And then we eventually, you know, moved to some uh, VoIP, voice over internet protocol phones. And then finally we realized, yeah, we, we don't even, like the cell phones are fine as they improved the area. But how frustrating must it be to be paying what I'm sure are, you know, the same prices that everybody else is paying, but not being able to get that service. So that's something we'll keep an eye on. We also got an app chat message from Working Fool in Fairhaven who says, I think that Amtrak and public transport really doesn't make a profit. They just co- cost the taxpayers money. It's for everyone to use. And I think that's the idea. I think even though they're not profitable, they have to exist because there are still people who depend on them. You know, for all the complaints people have about the MBTA and their justified complaints. You know, go to a Red Sox game, go to a concert, go to a Celtics game. Use the train and see how many people are utilizing it. Heck, go to Boston today just to go out to dinner. Take the train in from Braintree or Quincy and see how packed the train is at that time of day. I mean, it, it is something that a lot of people depend on. So it's a service that you need. But I think the caller's point was, you know, there's ways to cut the bloat. As he mentioned with Amtrak, a lot of salaries, a lot of bonuses, you know, how are you getting a bonus if, the, if Amtrak isn't turning a profit? And if ridership is down, what, what, what benchmarks are you meeting to earn this bonus? So you have to trim some of that fat because you're not set up in a way where you can enjoy that fat. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Good morning. What's on your mind? Good morning. Hello, you're on the air.
1: Yes. um, I've been having breathing problems for like the last five days at least um, because of the smoke coming down from Canada. And it it just drives me nuts. You know, uh, they're our neighbor to the north. Uh, They're causing us health problems um, up and down the east coast. And, and it just befuddles me as to why we can spend billions and billions of dollars sending it overseas to the Ukraine, but we can't send our Air Force up to Canada to put out their damn fires that are affecting us. My health is suffering, and I know many, many other people's healths are suffering, especially in a place like New Bedford where, um, you know, a lot of people with health problems seem to congregate. And I just wish that our federal government was spending money sending our tankers up there to put out their damn fires. I know that we have the planes. I know that we have the resources. We can send all kinds of money to kill people in the Ukraine, and we can't spend even a couple million dollars. A hundred million dollars would easily put out these fires, and would increase or would improve the health and, and, and well-being of, of our actual fellow countrymen right here and right now.
0: I'm I'm sure those conversations are happening, but you know you can't send help if Canada doesn't take the help.
1: No, no, no. no. We could easily fly into their airspace and put out their fires. It's not a matter of whether they want the help or not. Remember, Trump was going to build the wall and make Mexico pay for it. I just, I want us to put out the fires, and I'm willing to pay for it.
0: But I don't know that you can just fly over somebody's country and decide to put out the fires for them.
1: Okay, but they can send the smoke this way, right?
0: Well, they're not sending the smoke this way.
1: So you're defending Canada, keeping fires burning that are impacting our health
0: no i'm not defending them keeping the fires burning what i'm saying they're not sending the smoke you're saying they're sending smoke down our way they're not sending smoke our way the air currents are sending smoke our way
1: if we had an emergency and it was impacting them don't you think they would step up and try and help us to try and keep it from impacting them and, and That's I'm all I'm, saying.
0: I'm sure that those conversations are happening. I can't imagine that you know the the federal government is just sitting by and saying you know we'll let Canada handle it. I'm sure they're offering up these these opportunities. I don't know why Canada is not accepting it.
1: Okay, well I, I I don't know how sure you are because you're saying that they're having these conversations. Less talk, more action. That's what I want.
0: All right. Thank you for the call. And uh, I, I don't know you. Again, I haven't seen anything about there being those conversations. I'm just assuming based on the fact that if they are struggling to deal with this, you would want to offer that help. Especially since I know that smoke is working its way down to Washington, D.C. The folks in Congress who can approve this funding to help are breathing in that smoke. I know this. I have family that lives down there. So this is actually something that is affecting Washington, now obviously it's not as intense as it is up here, or as intense as it was. It'll dilute a little bit for us today. It'll still be a problem in the cities where they have, you know, smog anyway. You know, they kind of have the, some of that trapped in air, so that's gonna that's gonna make some of the smoke worse. But they're dealing with it too. They're experiencing it. So you I, I find it hard to to believe that there will be people in Congress that will say, well, we shouldn't approve any funding to help them out because they can just walk out the door of the Capitol and experience it for themselves. 508-996-0500. Got to take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. (laughs) And we got an app chat message from West End in New Bedford who says there are over 600 U.S. firefighters in Canada as of yesterday. And that comes from uh, Canadian TV is the source on that. So there are some U.S. citizens helping to fight those wildfires in canada let's take a quick phone call i do have one more break i gotta take in the hour just to warn you good morning you are next on wbsm
4: morning mr weisberg how you doing good how are you all right i want to say i totally agree with that last caller about sending help over there mm-hmm. and wouldn't it work better? i know you said they're fine in there but wouldn't it work better if we flew over there and sprayed all that you know whatever they sprayed to put fires out wouldn't that be better than on the ground
0: I don't know. I don't know how they fight the wildfires, but you would think in theory that it would be better.
4: And then when you said uh, maybe there were talks of helping them and maybe they wouldn't like it. Now, how could they not like it? Uh, They'd have to be mentally ill to refuse
0: help. I didn't say that they refuse help. I just said that, you know, you you need you can offer help, but you need them to accept it in order to to help them out.
4: And then without all the money that we're spending and giving free things to the illegals that are coming here... Maybe they could pass out some N95 masks to people like us who have a hard time breathing and can't afford to buy those kind of masks.
0: Uh, I don't and know they if spend they still some
4: money on our own citizens. You know.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they still. I know they had a program where they were giving out the masks. I don't know if they still have that ongoing. Um, but but, think but they maybe would they, offer
4: they do, Mister Weisberg. That's what I'm just saying. They don't even offer it to people like us. Well, who I have I, a hard time.
0: I would I would guess because it's expected to be such a short duration that we were dealing with this, but it's going on so a little bit meantime, longer than expected.
4: Duration, but you're going to suffer just the same. That don't make no sense either. If you're suffering and you're having a hard time breathing, people with asthma and, and emphysema, and so it's a short time, but so you can you can live, you can suffer a little bit. That don't make no sense. It wouldn't hurt our government to give us a few of those masks.
0: Well, I just say Isn't I'm it? just saying they might not be able to mobilize it in time. By the time they would get everything together, you know, the the smoke would be, go away.
4: Oh well, look how long that going on already and it doesn't look like it's ending anywhere and look at poor new york mm-hmm. oh my gosh you've got to be kidding me we probably could have had those fires out already you don't think so tim
0: i'm not sure i'm, just I, asking it, it you. I'm not it,
4: sure either, but I'm it asking couldn't you. hurt it couldn't hurt that's right that's no. all i want to say is i agreed with them and i think we should do it whether they like it or not and if we did what are they going to do about it if we go over there and put those fires out
0: well, I don't know. I do anything I, anything. I wouldn't want Canada coming over here and dropping stuff on our country without our permission. You
4: really think they're going to do You're twisting it. You're twisting it so bad, Jim. How, how is that it? twisting it? They're not going to do anything if we all of a sudden flew over there and put those fires out. They would be grateful. They've been our neighbors for how long? Well,
0: you're, you're assuming that that's the case.
4: And you're assuming that it's not. What makes you right and me wrong?
0: I just, I, I would respect another nation's sovereignty.
4: Oh, put the fires out. All right. If you don't if you don't like it too bad for you.
0: All right. Well, thank you for the call. I got to take my final break.
4: Yeah.
0: You have Bye. a good day. And uh we'll be back in just a moment. <clears throat> All right. Welcome back. Uh we'll be going into the newsroom in just a moment. When we come back on the other side, we'll be talking about the Bristol County celebration of seniors. But before we get into that, I want to announce today's winner of our pair of tickets to Willie Nelson's Outlaw Music Festival happening September 16th at Xfinity Center in Mansfield. And the winner today is Jennifer Thomas. So, Jennifer, you will get an email from Casey with all the information, all the things you need to fill out and sign in order to claim your virtual tickets, and uh, she will get you hooked up with those. Congratulations to you. We'll have one more pair to give away tomorrow, so make sure that you register at wbsm.com or on the app if you haven't already, and tomorrow we'll draw our final winner. These tickets are courtesy of our friends at Live Nation. If you want to get tickets for yourself and you don't want to wait around and try to win them, there are still tickets available at livenation.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile.